You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 388. It's just getting out there and doing it. He wasn't an expert. He wasn't perfect at it. He went out there and just did it anyways. I think so many times our fear is we have a fear of meeting with people. We have a fear of doing the contract wrong, or we have a fear of marketing wrong, or we have a fear of of setting up the appointment and talking to them. There's all these natural fears, and they're real. Don't get me wrong, but courage isn't a lack of fear. Courage is having the fear and still going out there and doing what you know needs to be done. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, Cody Hoffine here. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to remind you about the contest going for the whole month of March. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What would it do for your business? What would it do for your wholesaling business slash career if you could just spend two full days with Tom Kroll down in sunny Florida and have him really dissect your business plan, your model, and make sure that you're really on track to dominate your market. Well, for the whole month of March, guys, we're doing a special ratings and review contest where we're going to pick three lucky winners to go head down to sunny Florida. That's right. We're going to take care of all of your flights, all your accommodations, and you're just going to simply spend two full days with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tom Kroll himself, in sunny Florida. Now, what do you have to do? It's heading over to iTunes and rating and review. So rate and review this podcast, five stars, please. And then simply just take a screenshot of the review and send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. And then ultimately, if that's not enough, the three of you By hanging out with Tom and with one another, Tom is also going to put you in the hot seat and have you featured on this podcast as well. So head on over to iTunes, do a rating and a review, and simply take the screenshot, send it over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com, Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. Now let's keep going with today's episode. You're listening to another episode here at Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffine, and I'll be hosting today's podcast episode. A huge shout out to each one of you listening, my Rhino Nation. Love you guys and glad that you're here today. For those that are new, welcome to the podcast where we talk about wholesaling. And wholesaling is just simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties. Because my friend, if you can find deeply discounted properties in your market, and be able to find these consistently, you can make a lot of money in real estate. And today, we're going to be breaking down as we have one of our tribe members, one of our students here with us today. His name is Jay Mancuso, and he's from Cuso, and he's from Omaha, Nebraska. He just did his first deal, and he's going to talk a little bit about how he did this step-by-step. So for those of you that are listening to right now, I want you to pull out a piece of paper get a pen and get ready to jot down some gold nuggets as he is going to be sharing literally step-by-step how he just did this deal. So let's get ready to rock and roll and get going and let's bring on my man, Jay. Jay, how are you doing? Good, Cody. Thanks for having me on the show. 
Okay, Mr. J Mancuso, let's hear it. What got you into wholesaling? What is it that you were, I mean, are you doing this? I guess, first and foremost, are you doing this full-time or are you doing this part-time? Right now, I'm doing it full-time. Doing it full-time. What were you doing before you got into wholesaling? What got you into wholesaling? Uh, I was actually a painter, so I was painting uh, full-time, and I actually got just brought into wholesaling by my brother-in-law. He's the one who found all this. He was looking into it. He owned some properties and was just looking at different ways to uh, invest. And so um, he pulled me in and I, you know, once we started the program, I was all in. Sure, let's go. I'm doing a full, I'm burning the boats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So you've been doing this for about how long? Has it been about five months, if I remember right? Yeah, we started, you know, I stopped painting in late August. And so right from the beginning of September. Okay. So we're going to break this down. So you're painting, you're now doing this full time. Um, Let's go right into the meat and potatoes behind this. Let's talk about how just recently you did a deal and let's talk about everything. Let's get the struggles out. Let's get the successes, the joys, the happiness, but more importantly, just the whole experience. So we'll go from, from right from the start. What is it that you were doing to find this lead? What kind of marketing were you doing when this lead came in? Uh, so we did uh, exactly what you know you guys would say in the in the training. We did the direct marketing, With direct uh, mail, direct right? Mail uh-huh. marketing, yeah. And I and I just kind of thought, hey, why not go with the Tom Kroll list? It looks like something you know most people who are doing wholesaling in our area probably aren't uh, using. You know, maybe it's something specifically with the training. So I was like, let's let's do it. And at first, you know, we're thinking about the numbers. We're kind of thinking, you know, we don't want to spend a lot. We don't have any kind of pipeline. We don't know what we're doing. So maybe let's go small. And then we decided, you know, let's just do the whole thing. Let's <laughs> let's. Uh, so when you say start list. small, what does that look like? When you say, hey, we started small. We didn't know because we didn't know what we were going to get out of it. I mean, how many how many mailers? Were you sending them out weekly? Were you sending them out monthly? What did that look like? And well, how so, many? Yeah, for this one, we we just took the entire Tom Kroll list that they had for Omaha. Nice. For those listening, Tom Kroll list, that's something within the tribe. We have a, I don't even know the algorithm. That's the fun. <laughs> Jay, this is the funny thing behind this list is I don't even know the algorithm. So our list provider behind this has his unique special sauces and uh, we were able to to get this list to be our custom list, and we call it the Tom Crow list. And and I don't even know the secret sauce behind it. I just know the provider. So you got this list from that provider, and you were you were mailing to them. Okay, now talk about like the size amount, quantity amount, and all that stuff. Well, yeah. So I was thinking we'll just we'll just get a couple zip codes, and then you know the guys that I was kind of working with, they're like, why not? Just let's do the whole thing. So we it was six thousand, and I didn't even do any uh, separate drops, which would have probably been smart. Um, so you but, you just blasted this bad boy out. You're all let's go. <laughs> yep, I just we just did the whole six thousand right at once. Okay, uh, and was your phone like crazy <laughs> crazy off the hook ringing? Yeah, for for one weekend it was you know a bunch of bunch of calls, bunch of people you know. Tell me to pound sand, as you guys would say, <laughs> or uh, meaner things. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so nice having the we had call rail set up, so it's so nice not having to answer those calls 
and let them uh, yell at you just yeah. be able to listen to the voicemail. <laughs> go to a voicemail. So you had them call in and actually go to the voicemail. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So we had Perfect. a bunch of voicemails coming in for especially one weekend. And I uh, will say in my experience, majority of those first calls are not the motivated sellers uh, that you're looking for. But uh, they're the quick to quick to pick up and call you and be like, take me off your list. I don't want this. Yeah. Which okay. I was actually surprised about. I was thinking I wouldn't want to go through all that hassle. I would just throw away the postcard. And so true. Uh, that kind of surprised me. But so true. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of those, but it, it really is a numbers game with that. But uh, this this call that we got for the deal that we did mm-hmm. came in probably maybe two weeks after. Two weeks after, after the mail drop, so about three weeks into it. Yeah, I had already gotten a bunch of stuff, and then it was you know it all settled down, and I was kind of thinking, what am I going to do next? We I guess we're going to go look at another mailing because I I had kind of had some decent leads from it. Yeah. Um, I had somehow I had about. Four house visits that some of them didn't go so well, but I I was thinking, what am I going to do? And then this guy called and he was real motivated. Had what does this do with like your confidence? By the way, I think this is crucial to talk about. The whole time you're doing it, you're you're working basically off of faith. You're hoping that this works. You're in a course for say, and you're you're learning this. But since you've never done a deal, I know when I first started, it's like. Like when will this happen? Will this happen? And and did I get the right list? And does this list work in my market? And so there's all these like almost natural fears or natural doubts that start to sink in. And you're like, well, should I invest more money into this? Or oh my gosh, does this not work? Like, did you have any of those struggles or real life like doubts or fears kick in? Yeah, I mean, for sure, I was I was thinking. I mean, when when we first did the mailing, I didn't even know what a house visit was like. I didn't, you know, have any of that understanding. And when you're getting all these calls that seem, you know, like no one's a motivated seller, you're just thinking, you know, we just spent this much money to yeah. get this done and it seems like nothing is coming of it. And so you start to think either this list is bad or I know it works in other cities, but Omaha might not be a place where it works so well or all those things that, sure. that come to your mind. Sure. Um, did you question almost like, did you see going out on the appointments as learning experiences or did you see them as like complete like catastrophe? You're like, oh, that was awful. Or was it like, oh yeah, it was awful, but here's how I can make it better next time. No, I definitely learned. Like I got better and better each time I met with someone and I had a better understanding of just what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, one big thing I think that I realized is that when you're on the phone and it is a motivated seller, you know, you got to kind of pinpoint and drill in on, you know, them getting that deal done when you're there in person. Like, you know, if we come to an agreement, are you ready to sign like, you know, get this thing going and and like find out their timeline? Because some of the things I just didn't think about, I just got the appointment, set it up, and then I'd meet with them in person and then say, they'd say, you know, I want a couple of weeks to either clear things out or we'll clean this up and then you get you can come back and kind of give us a price and uh, that just slows everything down. Sure, sure. Um, and that's something that I realized as well, along with just learning to listen. When you are thinking about how much money you spend on the marketing, you're thinking about the money when you're at the... <laughs> you're, at the how can I get this deal to close right now? I need this deal to close right now. Yeah. 
instead of you know focusing like their family, yeah, focusing on like what their problems really are. This is um, a good point. I think I want to highlight to make sure those listening, when you go on these appointments, it's very real right out of the gates that okay, I just spent this money. I mean, in your case, you spent money on a training on the wholesaling course, the program that teaches you. So you've already got that money. Then you've got the money into the marketing. And so it's very easy to each of you listening to this podcast. That's why I'm so glad he's sharing this. It's so easy. We call it almost on a sales floor. They call it commission breath, right? Where you're like just doing everything you can to just close a deal, close a deal, close a deal. And he's saying how crucial it is that, yes, that was that going on, but he learned how to correct that. Like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't spending the time on the family or finding out about them or listening and this is crucial. That's how the deals actually start to happen. But so many times out of the gates, it's really hard to focus on what really matters because all you're thinking about is, man, money's out and I got to get money back in. So keep going, Jay. This is this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That, that experience helped me a lot, just getting to know their situation. So one of the deals, while I was finishing this deal that we got done, I was in the process of another one meeting with them and uh, trying to get that done. And they got they got cold feet a little bit. I had met with them and they were super motivated at the time. I just didn't get that closed yep. while I was there like I should have. But is uh, what was holding them back? When you say cold feet, like, gosh, I, w- I didn't get the, the, the contract or the agreement like I should have. What was the big holdback on that? Well, so it was an an older lady and her daughter was the one who actually called in. So she called me. Her mother was the owner of the home and she's 84. So she can't move very easily. She wanted to move down to Kansas. She had some different ideas about what she wanted to do. And so when I was trying to, when I was talking to her, I didn't phrase some things right. And I, one thing I realized is trying to really make sure they know that you're going to buy it as is because some people think they need to clean out things or move yep. different things. And yep. They got that in their head. So she was thinking, you know, let me clean some things up and then you can come back and give me a number based on, but buyers see through all the cleaning and things like that, that maybe seem important or like it's a lot of work. That's a very a very cheap thing to the sellers you're saying or, see through that. I'm saying cash buyers they don't look at that as a big expense. Yeah, like cleaning up things in the home and they see right through. They're looking at the structure and and all the uh, big expenses and yep. so yep. that shouldn't affect your price at all. So I, I shouldn't have let them get that train of thought. But I think the daughter's totally ready. The 84 year old mother was a little bit scared of where she was going to go and what she had to do. And so the daughter got a dumpster and the mother sent it away. <laughs> and so the that daughter reached back out to me. It was like, I'm really sorry. She doesn't want to do it right now. Yeah. But when I was there with them in person, they were so ready. Like, we want to get this done now. And they were already talking their numbers down from what I was expecting to yep. get. So that was a learning experience too. But that meeting, I also, it was probably my fourth. And so I really... I sat with them for about an hour and a half, like just talking and talking about life and just building that relationship, building that rapport. Yeah. Built that relationship. And to the point where she was like, she doesn't know what she wants to do right now. The daughter said this to me. My mom doesn't know what she wants to do right now. But once we find out, we're going to talk to you first, which says something, but it's also not making money right now. Yeah, sure, (laughs) sure. 
you know, that's something I think I didn't drill down on early enough. It's kind of learning how to make that deal happen right when you're you're there. But so I did build crucial. it before. So crucial. Okay, so how did this? Uh, how did the deal that we're going to talk about? How did it all go down? Like, was this something that was done over multiple visits, or how did it? What is the shape of it? What's the structure of it? Messy. That's the structure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you will never forget it, my man. <laughs> It'll yep. be the deal that you always remember, and that will turn that faith to fact. And we'll talk more about this in a little bit. But okay, so talk about the mess. Like, what was it the first time you went and visited? So he was guy who wanted to sell his home. He was getting married, uh, wanted to just pool his resources with his new wife and get there, get all that settled. So he um, told me he was going to have other investors look at it. And so especially being one of my first visits, I was not uh, very confident. I kind of didn't know my numbers either. So I said, you know, I'll look at it and then I'll uh, send you a number because he said other people were going to look at it. Uh-huh. I met with him. He was very closed off, kind of. It was hard for me to get to know him. Yeah. So he held that, his guard pretty close. Like he didn't, he wasn't there to socialize. He's just like, hey, get me, yeah. the, get me the number. He would just kind of follow behind me as I looked through the home, which is not what you want ever for those of you that are, you know, new and learning how to talk with motivated sellers. You know, you really want to get to know them and make it as little about the house as possible, which you guys emphasize in the training. But yep. I, I just had that. I knew that. While I was walking through it, I go, this is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm just looking through it, and it's all about the house. I'm not getting to know him. He said he had other people that wanted to look at it. So I just had a, a very brief visit, and I ended up actually sending him a number, which we kind of looked into how we wanted to do that. I also, at the time, did not take the training's advice, which would be to, you know, if you're going to have to send in a number or say it first, really maximize your profit or change those margins. And I kind of made it really competitive because I was thinking of, I had fear. I had that fear mindset. Sure. Having that confidence and the abundance mindset. So I was thinking, you know, we're going to lose this deal. And so I just sent him one. And it was probably two weeks later. It was a Sunday night. And I was thinking, I don't even know what I'm doing this next week. Like, I don't know what I have planned. And <laughs> this is so real. I laugh and chuckle because I, I, I don't do this to, in any, in any like, I, I think you know my heart. I would never do that of making fun. It's like, this is so yeah. real, guys. Everyone listening, this is so real, this experience. It, it's for everyone that gets out there. There's so many frustrations, trials, and challenges that hit you. And then you question, am I do I even have something to do next week? Do I even have leads to work? Do I even have a pipeline? Like, what do I do now? So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was a Sunday night and I'm thinking, what do I have going on next, next week, this week? I mean, it's coming right up and I have no other leads. I have no one calling. And so Monday morning rolls around, you know, I, Sunday night, I was just praying, you know, Lord bring something. Cause I have no idea what I'm doing. And this homeowner emails me back and says, uh, I'm going to accept your offer. Let's meet in person. Wow. Um, and I also that, that same morning got another really good lead. So I was, I was amazed just there, by a couple. having that happen. Uh, but I ended up, he took that offer. And another thing I learned later, which really made me feel stupid, was that he never even had any other offers from anybody else. He had told me that. And then when I met with him, uh, I asked him about it. He's like, no, no one ever, no one else ever got back to me. 
I mean, I could have probably done a lot bigger of a deal or um, because he or at was least better pricing. Yeah, I could have sent him a different offer. Anyway, we can move past that. We we signed it. Yeah, talk think, about. So you got you got it under contract. At what price point did you get under contract? My uh, price point. So I got under contract at eighty. At eighty thousand. What was the home worth? If it was all fixed up, it could sell for what? Uh, it could sell right around probably one twenty. One twenty. Okay. And was there much work that needed to be done to it? Uh, I guess. It depended on if it was a homeowner that was just coming to live there. I don't think it needed that much besides cleaning everything out. Yep. But a, a lot of investors were thinking about flips and things like that. So they thought it didn't seem like a good price point. Yeah. Yeah. But once everything was cleaned out, you know, there was wood floors underneath the car. The carpets were pretty rough. Yep. But there was wood floors underneath them. You just had to rip out the carpets and it was not needing a lot of work in my opinion. But, sure. Uh, so getting under contract was your ultimate hope to be able to find a cash buyer that you could assign this to? Was that the play you were looking for on this one? Yeah. And okay. I, I assumed it was probably, you know, 10,000, 15,000 of work that needed to be done on it. Yeah. So you could, I think an investor could have made 20,000, 15,000 on it. Um, okay. That was what I had in my mind. Okay. Now, anyway, when you send out reality, what did it say? Like when you start marketing this to your cash buyers list, what was the results? Only a few people laughed and said, you know, I'm no, I'm looking for homes that are in distress, not ones that are new. Because yeah. this was a really old home, brick home, and it was in an area, it was in a area of downtown that's typically pretty rough as far as the homes and the people don't want to invest in that area very often. And yep. so they thought you know, most homes in that area are selling at max value or at, at like new homes sell around that price. Yeah. Why would I? <laughs> but what happened was I had gone to the RIA meeting. And so the one of the guys there, I had him come look at it first because it was a guy that ran the, the real estate uh, investor association. Investment. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so he looked at it and he was immediately, you got it too high. And I'll tell you, I exhausted my entire buyer's list until one guy our very, very last buyer had another connection. And this guy was our really just our last hope, you know, yep. was, yep. you know, all the way to that point. And this guy actually had talked to the homeowner and given him an offer just after ours that was more and he refused it. And so he knew everything about the house. I didn't even have to walk through it with him. Yep. He knew exactly. And it was one of those things where it all just came together perfectly, which was just blew my mind. So was this the guy that ends up buying it from you? That ends up buying the contract from you? Yeah. Okay. So what did you end up selling that? You got under contract for 80. What'd you sell the contract for? 85. 85. And Jay, so. you know what we do? Well, at this part of the podcast, my man, you get the victory bell ringing for you. So hold on one second. There's the victory bell, my man. And you have that ring for you. So you made a $5,000 assignment or profit on, on this deal. And what was your biggest takeaway from this deal? What is the biggest learning curve that you took from this deal? Oh, man. There's, there's so many things that, that came to my mind right after I'd finished. And I was really mainly thinking to people who are new thinking that don't be afraid to just 
go do that deal, make the mistakes. And because I've learned so much, like I can't really put everything together to one point, but I learned so many different things from just going through the process and just taking taking what I learned and doing it because I had no idea about the meeting. I had no idea about like how to send the offer, how to talk to the buyers. I called or emailed almost all my buyers individually. I had to meet multiple times at the home because I didn't set a inspection time where everyone could come at once. So I met multiple times and it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I just say that don't be afraid to make those mistakes because you'll learn so much from them. All those different things, just going forward and doing them instead of having that fear. This is so crucial. Everyone listening, listen to these key words. It's just getting out there and doing it. He wasn't an expert. He wasn't perfect at it. He went out there and just did it anyways. I think so many times our fear is we have a fear of meeting with people. We have a fear of doing the contract wrong, or we have a fear of marketing wrong, or we have a fear of of setting up the appointment and talking to them. There's all these natural fears, and they're real. Don't get me wrong, but courage isn't a lack of fear. Courage is having the fear and still going out there and doing what you know needs to be done. That's courage. And so we always talk about this massive, imperfect action. Get out there and take massive, imperfect action because perfect plans don't exist. In fact, because this is new for many of you going out there, it's going to be challenging. You're going to find the word failure maybe exist in some of your appointments or in some of your conversations or in your marketing. That's okay. It's that proximity to the fear that allows you to overcome it. So you think about riding a bike. All of us, when we were young and we had train wheels, the day that maybe your parents or someone that loved you said, hey, it's time to do without training wheels, there's this huge fear that probably came over all of us. I know it did for me. And the only way that we were able to overcome the fear was with proximity to the fear, meaning our closeness to the fear, just doing it. Many times I fell on my bike. Many times each one of you made my fallen on the bike multiple times, multiple times, multiple times. But you keep doing it. You get closer and closer to the fear. It's the proximity of the fear that ultimately gets to the point where we all can just ride a bike and you don't have to think about it anymore. And falling is just not even an option. But it wasn't because you came up with a perfect plan. It's because you just took imperfect action and you stayed close to it. The proximity to it was was what helped you overcome it. So Jay, this has been absolutely sound advice advice that anyone listening could adopt right now and realizing, hey, what are my biggest fears right this second? And if it's something I'm afraid of, then I must do it. Like I just got to get out there and do it with imperfect action. So following up two questions, we always end our podcast this way, Jay, and I want to ask the same two to you is if you were starting over knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have done differently or is there anything maybe you would have done the same? Well, definitely how I talked with the seller would probably be different. Um, like how I arranged that meeting. And now that I've just done it, I'd say I have more confidence. That maybe is something that causes people to hesitate is because they don't know what they're talking about, which is exactly <laughs> what I I was doing. I had no idea what I was talking about, especially when I was talking to buyers. Yep. They're all, you know, smart talking and talking numbers to me and I have no idea what they're talking about, uh, which was fine. But Probably how I how I talk to buyers, it would be totally different now. Um, awesome. And you guys said to uh, call me, call each of them your first deal because that really and that really helped a lot. I gained a lot of contacts from doing exactly what you guys said. Um, just calling each one, talking to them, finding out what 
what kind of deals they want. And I learned a lot through that. So fantastic. The second question is a good book. What's a good book you've recently read that's been helpful to help you become someone better? Well, I saw that on the, uh, saw that I should think about a book that I really wanted to talk about. I am not much for reading, but I would say the book that has influenced me the most is the Bible. The scriptures are definitely uh, what motivates me in most of the decisions I make in life. And uh, I would encourage anyone listening to go read the scriptures. And I know that's, that's not very business, business-like, but that changes every decision I make in my life and how I go about my business. So it's awesome. Um, that's exactly what I'd say. I think that's sound, sound advice. Well, that's fantastic. Jay, my man, I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast today. I know there's many people listening to this right now that this resonates with them. Maybe they're in that fearful state and they're like, man, I haven't taken action because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what's going to happen or I'm afraid of failing or I'm afraid of going on that appointment. And this was a perfect, a perfect episode that allows people to say, it's okay. You're not going to get it right. Go out there imperfectly and just get it done and learn from it. But ultimately, it's your action that led you to this first deal. And well, now, like you said, what's cool is your confidence is now higher. So now going forward is going to be so much easier because your confidence, it's like, okay, this has been done. It's no more faith. It's now fact. I've done it. And doing it again is just going to be that much more easier or, or that much more easy to to continue to do this consistently. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to say this one last thing. Please. The seller actually got out of me that it was my first deal, which was an embarrassing <laughs> moment where he's like, well, I trust, you know, you've done it before. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't say that. I was yeah. like, well, this is actually our first one, but we work with guys who have done them. And then the very last thing I'd say is to anyone listening, this training really works. And people in our area, and I assume it's the same around the country, don't do business the way this training with Wholesaling Inc. actually talks about. And, you know, they're most of the time not getting to know, they're not building rapport, they're they're just seeking the, seeking the deals. And there's a lot of people cheating in real estate. And uh, I really would endorse Wholesaling Inc. and uh, going through this training because it's helped um, our business a lot and it's sound advice. So, Jay, I appreciate those kind words. We try our best here, but I thank you for sharing that. That's that's fantastic. And for those listening today, I hope you've been able to get what you were seeking, what you were looking for to get here to the podcast. And Jay sharing his story, hopefully it gave you answers, but more importantly, giving you something to write down on what you can act on today. Because really, that's what the podcast is about. It's not here to just feel good. That's great. But if you don't go out there and act upon what you felt today, It will do no good for you. So make sure you get out there, take the action, get out there, have conversations, get on appointments, make offers. And that is one step closer to getting your first deal or your next deal. And if you need help building your wholesaling business, just like Jay said, head on over to wholesalinginc.com where you can book a call with our team and begin to have that conversation and really find out what it is you're looking for and see if it's a fit. And if so, we'll invite you to be part of the tribe and get you going on your wholesaling business. Until next time, guys, get out there and take imperfect action and we'll see you on the next episode. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.